You know what cheers me up? What? Rolled up aces over kings. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. The House of Cards. Today, the game is different. With author and professional poker player Ashley Adams. Okay, you have some skill. Hello, listeners. This is Ashley Adams. This is House of Cards. We have we have an unbelievable show today. Boy, we have two great guests. We have a, a real celebrity in the poker writing world, in the world of writing in general. He's a very, very successful author, Ben Mesrick. He's written books I'm sure you've heard of, which is The Accidental Billionaires. He's also written uh, the book that was turned into 21, Bringing Down the House. And now he's written a book, Straight Flush, which is about absolute poker, the rise and fall of the people who built absolute poker. And then is an intense, philosophical, brilliant Phil Lack talking about poker in general, poker theory, and the movie that he did, Runner, Runner. Please stay tuned. You will enjoy this show. I have two cats and two dogs. All four of them are on the Dynavite. This stuff is amazing. The first day that I gave Sweet Pea and Daisy the Dynavite for cats, in fact, I did add a little bit of the liquor chops, and they absolutely loved it. All the vitamins, the minerals, you know, they also enjoyed the num-nums, <laughs> the nub-nubs or whatever they're called, the treats that also came along with it. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. 859-428-1000. They're just running through the house. They're playing. My Sweet Pea will walk in front of me. She'll stop where she's at, drop and roll onto her back and then expect me to rub her belly. Just like a kitten. Daisy and Sufi have a cat tree in my living room and lately she's been climbing up to the top, jumping up there and then she'll climb back down and then she's right back up again. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I, I, I wish they would make a product for us humans to give us the same amount of energy and bunk that Dynavite for cats are given for my, my cats. The phone number is 859-428-1000. 859-428-1000. com. Hey, this is Dave from House of Cards, and I just wanted to take a minute to tell you about Jersey Man Magazine. Whether you're born and bred in Jersey like me, or even from Jersey but live somewhere else, Jersey Man is the perfect magazine for you. Health issues, state business news, sports, food, you name it, Jersey Man talks about it in a fun and informative way. They even host their own networking events where you can meet and greet other community members and professionals. With contributors like Bill Lyons, Stan Hockman, and George Anastasia with his own mob scene column, Jersey Man covers our region like no one else. Check out their website, jerseymanmagazine.com, for more information and some really cool Jersey Man merchandise. Jersey Man's available at most major newsstands, and you can even subscribe online. That's jerseymanmagazine.com. Jersey Man Magazine. Hey, if you're from Jersey, it's the only magazine you'll ever need. Each year, poker players from around the world compete at the World Series of Poker to claim the title of being the best there is. And now you can bring the big game home with WSOP.com. Experience the thrill and excitement of the World Series of Poker on your computer, tablet, or mobile device. Play against the pros or find yourself pursuing poker's ultimate prize, the coveted WSOP.com bracelet. You can access WSOP.com anywhere in New Jersey. And now, not only can you get up to a $400 deposit bonus, WSOP.com will give you seven free tickets to play in their Welcome Week free roll tournaments. Play as many days as you want during your first week online for your chance to win some real cash. So sign up today and take advantage of the first deposit bonus and those Welcome Week free rolls. There's even a whole schedule of events where you can qualify for this year's World Series of Poker. Head on over to WSOP.com backslash HOC to sign up and make your first deposit today. That's WSOP.com backslash HOC. This is House of Cards Radio with Ashley Adams. Now, I do some other stuff, but poker, that's the thing I do best. Welcome back, listeners. This is Ashley Adams. You're listening to House of Cards. And just as promised, 
we are really fortunate to have perhaps the best known, certainly one of the most successful writers in the field of gambling writing, if there is such a field. We have Ben Mesrick, who's written Bringing Down the House, turned into the movie 21, uh, the bestseller Accidental Billionaire, and now has come out with a new book, a great book. I've read it. It's called Straight Flush, and it's the tale of the the college kids who built the absolute poker empire and then ended up either in jail or exiled or in bad circumstance. So I'm not going to talk more about the book. I'm going to let Ben do that. And uh, welcome to the show, Ben. Hey, thanks so much for having me. Well, we're very lucky to have you. I've read your stuff. I've often wanted to talk to you. Could you start our listeners off just by giving them an overview of what this book covers? Okay, Straight Flush is the the story of uh, the guys who founded Absolute Poker. It's a group of frat brothers from the University of Montana um, who used to play poker in the basement of a local bar and decided to try and put it online. Um, and this was uh, back when there was only really one or two poker sites online um, back in around 2000, 2003. Um, and so they ended up moving their fraternity to Costa Rica, and they built Absolute Poker into a million-dollar-a-day revenue business. Um, and then uh, it crashed down. Uh, they ended up, you know, either fugitives or in jail or uh, on the run um, when uh, online poker essentially became illegal. And uh, it's it's a crazy story. I mean, it's basically the rise and fall of these guys. And they are interesting guys. They're, what, what struck me was that they're regular sort of guys. In fact, high-achieving uh, regular sort of guys, not weirdos, not uh, eccentric. I mean, they all have their eccentricities. You got right. to know them, right? I mean, part of this was you doing the research of actually talking to them extensively, right? Yeah, I mean, I got to know them pretty well. I and mean, these were not the sort of geeky guys that I wrote about, say, in Bringing Down the House or, you know, the social network. These were jocks, you know. These were fraternity brothers uh, at University of Montana. They were kind of cowboys. One of them was so poor he sold a cow to buy his first car. Um, they all came from, you know, different backgrounds. But uh, they weren't, you know... Odd, they were the regular frat guys who decided to try and put poker online, um, and they had to raise the money. They didn't really come from a lot of money, um, and they and they ended up in Costa Rica, and that's where things get really crazy because it's a very wild west kind of scene there. Um, there's really no laws, and so there were a lot of you know sex and drugs and all of that things that you think college kids would get into um, when that kind of money is pouring in. So it's a, it's a it's a pretty wild story. So you talk to them both, you know, during some of this and then even as it was unfolding, what's what's their take on what happened to them? I'm especially interested in your impression of Brent Beckley, who is the one guy that I think is either still in jail or maybe he's released or soon to be released. What's his take on all this? Is it a cautionary tale? Does he feel the government was totally uh, overzealous? Does he understand it? What's his take? Well, I mean, definitely these guys all think that the government uh, was hypocritical and ridiculous and that they shouldn't be facing jail time. Uh, Brent is doing 14 months in federal prison. Um, you know, he was the younger half-brother. He uh, kind of joined the company a little bit later, and he uh, he was the naive kid of the group. Um, but his name was on everything. And when the banking laws were put into effect, which made the movement of money into this company illegal, he kind of took the fall for it, and he turned himself in. Um, these are complex guys. You know, there's no saints in this story. Nobody in this story is someone who didn't do anything wrong. Um, but I think that Brent definitely did not expect to go to jail, and he certainly thought that what the government did was pretty unfair. Um, from my point of view, you know, we were all lining up for Powerball tickets a few weeks ago, and that's fine, but for some reason online poker isn't fine. Um, and so that, to me, seems very much the height of hypocrisy. Um, it, it's a complex story, though, because a guy like Scott Tom, who created the company and ran the company, um, he's also a very uh, hated individual in the poker community um, because of a cheating scandal, because of other things that went on at Absolute Poker. Um, so nobody really feels bad for him, but he's trapped on the island of Antigua now. Um, he's essentially a fugitive and can't return. So uh, there's a lot of twists and turns to the story. I, I'm curious to know your summation of what exactly these guys did that was so wrong that they were prosecuted. What was the offense, according to the DOJ, the Department of okay, Justice? Okay, well, up until 2006, um, there was no specific law 
that they were, you know, flouting. So before 2006, they weren't really doing anything wrong. But beginning in 2006, uh, something called the UIGEA was passed, which was the uh, Unlawful Internet Gambling um, Enforcement Act. Enforcement Act, right, um, which was passed on, on a port terrorism bill. It was a, amended to a port terrorism bill, so it kind of snuck through. Um, once that passed, it became less gray area. If you had customers who were American and you were running an online poker company, the movement of money into your company could be considered illegal. Um, so they stayed in business after 2006. A lot of other companies closed up their American business. Party poker was the biggest. They left the American market. But the guys at AP decided to stay. And so from that point on, they were, you know, taking large risks. Um, they passed rules that no one in their company was allowed to come to the U.S. Um, they tried their best to distance themselves um, by, you know, uh, creating a, a sort of a, um, a farther back company by, by creating a shell company, things like that. But the reality was from 2006 on, um, the government was making a case against them. And so that's where things kind of went wrong. All right, listeners, uh, we're going to take a quick break and we will be back soon. Attention poker players! Do you like using your tablet or phone at the poker table, but hate running out of battery at the end of a long tournament day or cash game? Then you need the Grinder Gadget. The Grinder Gadget is a portable, compact charging station and stand designed by poker players for poker players. It gently grips the rail and allows you to prop up and charge your phone or tablet without touching the felt. The Grinder Gadget not only works well on a poker rail, but just about anywhere. An airplane tray, a desk, anywhere. No more setting up your tablet on some wobbly table or leaving it on the floor. Its battery is powerful enough to charge most tablets and phones and still have plenty of juice left over for your headphones or any other device you have. You can even purchase a backup battery for those extra long sessions or trips. So if you like to grind while you grind, the Grinder Gadget is exactly what you've been waiting for. Check out www.grindergadget.com for more information. Get grinding and stay grinding with the Grinder Gadget. You're listening to the House of Cards with Ashley Adams. It is with great honor that I present to your host, the man who sold the dragon his fire, stole it back, and sold it again to the Crips. Welcome back, listeners. This is Ashley Adams. You're listening to House of Cards. Uh, listeners, we're talking to Ben Mesrick. He's written a book, Straight Flush, which is about absolute poker, the rise and fall of the people who built. And and they knew it, right? I mean, they knew that they were in danger of being prosecuted if they were in the United States, didn't they? Well, when you talk to them about it, it's interesting. I mean, they felt that the law was unfair. They felt that nobody was going to go to jail over this. They really believed that at some point the worst that would happen is someone would have to pay a fine. Um, they, they didn't think it was a fair law, and to some extent it was still a confusing law. Because what the law really did, it didn't make playing online poker illegal. It didn't make owning an online poker company illegal. It made the movement of money involved in, what, in an illegal gambling company illegal. But it didn't define what an illegal gambling company was. So it was still very confusing. Um, but I do think Brent knew that by putting his name on everything, he was risking jail. And I do think that Scott also knew that things were no longer the way they were before 2006. So nobody knew for sure what was going to happen, but I think they did have some idea that they were taking risks. Uh, listeners, we're talking to Ben Mesrick, who is the best-selling author of a number of books, but most recently Straight Flush, which is the story of the founder's the rise and fall, you might say, of the founders of Absolute Poker. Uh, about Absolute Poker, what I found, I don't know if it's ironic, but I think it's telling, nobody prosecuted Absolute Poker when they were involved in the uh, absolutely outrageous incident involving Russ Hamilton and others where uh, those who were on the inside and knew the operators of Absolute Poker could get the, the code sharing, where they could read the cards of their opponents that was, you know, that kind of went by the board. People were pissed, but nobody went after them until 
they decided to prosecute them over the UIGEA. Is that right, or am I missing yeah, a step? Right. I mean, they, you know, they definitely there was a, two cheating scandals. One at AP itself, uh, there was a cheating scandal where people were being cheated in that way. Uh, other people, insiders, could see whole cards, could see people's cards, and so there was, you know, a very horrible cheating scandal. And that ultimate bet, which Absolute Poker ended up buying, also had a cheating scandal that dated back many years. Um, where about $20 million was stolen from players. Um, nobody was ever prosecuted for those cheating scandals. It was a completely unregulated business. You know, this is like a Prohibition-era company. Um, so nobody was overseeing these companies. When it was discovered that cheating was going on, um, and it was discovered by players, um, bloggers essentially on a site called 2 Plus 2, um, no one went to jail. No one got in trouble. Um, one person was supposedly let go from Absolute Poker, but there wasn't really anything that could be done about it. Um, so the government didn't go after them because of that. That had nothing to do with the cheating scandal at all. The government only went after them because of, you know, the Internet gambling law and went after them as an illegal gambling operation. But nobody ever paid the price for the cheating scandal, and a lot of poker players are very upset about that. Um, a lot of them pin the blame on Scott Tom himself, the founder of AP, uh, because there was sort of a... a um, a trail of evidence that seemed to lead to him, but he maintained his innocence. But no one was ever uh, convicted of anything about that. Well, let me ask you this. There was a, there were a number of companies and dozens of individuals, if not hundreds, connected with Internet poker after the UIGEA was passed. Brent, is is he the only person in jail right now, or are there other people that were prosecuted? And if not, how come nobody else was prosecuted in this way? I know people were rounded up, but how right. come nobody else was prosecuted in this way? They essentially picked two people from each company, um, and, and from AP they picked Scott Tom and Brent to name in the indictment. And then they picked a few other people who were involved in the banking processing. Um, someone from Poker Stars, you know, is in trouble. Um, Brent's the only person who's gone to jail so far. He turned himself in. Um, everyone else is fighting it or on the run. Um, so uh, Scott is the one who's really sitting there facing a large indictment, and he's sitting in Antigua, refuses to give himself up. Uh, he thinks it's an unfair law. He doesn't want to come and end up in prison. So he's going to stay there as long as Antigua will let him stay there. Antigua feels that it's an unfair law, and they've fought very hard um, in the WTO to show that online poker should be legal. Um, so Scott's not giving himself up. Um, yeah, there were a lot of people that could have been prosecuted. Uh, they went after money. You know, the government was going after money. Um, they went after Poker Stars, Full Tilt, and Absolute Poker. Poker Stars ended up paying a, a, a penalty of about $750 million dollars. Um, and that was a huge cash grab, essentially. They wanted AP to pay some large amount of money, but AP didn't have any money um, because the whole thing ended up falling apart when they got uh, closed down. So I think they went after the guys they felt they could get the most money from. Does Brent kind of regret his decision to turn himself in, or is he feeling stoic and I did the right thing and I'll be out soon enough and then it will be behind me or something else? So, you know, I last talked to him right after his sentencing. And at that moment, he definitely regretted it because the prosecutor had told him he wasn't going to do any jail time. Um, everyone had told him he was turning himself in and would probably not get anything more than probation. And then the judge decided to make an example of him and threw the book at him. So right after he was sentenced, he certainly was very upset about the situation. But as he gets closer to the end of his sentence, I, I think he'll probably be happy. He really just wanted to put it all behind him. He wanted to restart his life. You know, he has a wife. He has two young children. And he wants to go on with his life. He wanted to move them to America. Um, and this is the only way to do that. He didn't want to be a fugitive. Um, right. Scott, I... on the other hand, you know, seeing that his brother went to jail, now doesn't want to turn himself in because he doesn't want to go to jail. So it's a tricky thing. I think Brent had a very philosophical comment when uh, at the sentencing he said, look, it's not cancer. We'll get through this. And uh, I, he will yeah. get through it. And uh, then he won't have to be uh, scurrying around the world to avoid prosecution. But it strikes me as absolutely outrageous that this happened this tale if nothing else it should make people incensed at the uigea uh, it's an amusing story what's your sense uh ben and i know that you're not a, necessarily a prognosticator but what's your sense of what's going to be happening with online poker in light of the recent developments in new jersey in nevada and some other states that are cooking with the intra state internet gambling do you have a sense of when we might have legalized full-blown internet poker again you know, if I were to guess, I would say within five to ten years, we'll definitely have online poker everywhere. I think in the next two years, it'll be in about ten states. Um, I really think it's moving quickly. It's this huge industry. And, and you know, once the states realize how much money they're going to get in taxes 
um, they're going to want it. Every state wants a casino now. Every state wants a lottery. Um, so online poker is just a whole other revenue stream. I mean, this is a $15 billion industry or more um, that's just waiting. Um, so I think slowly, you know, it's in Nevada, it's in New Jersey, it's, it's going to be in Delaware, and I think pretty soon it'll be everywhere. Um, well, I hope you're right. Yeah, I hope you're right. I, I got another question for you as the incredibly successful author, and we have a couple, three minutes, if you don't mind talking about this. Sure. How did you pick this topic, and what are you looking at next? You're probably already working on your next project. How do you go about deciding what you're going to do? Well, I get pitched everything. You know, ever since the social network and 21, every college kid who does something crazy will send me an email. Um, so I was pitched by two of the founders of AP um, separately. They didn't know the other one was also pitching me. And that intrigued me about it. I had played a little online poker. I was into cards. Uh, so I thought, you know, this is a cool story I hadn't heard before. And I went inside of it. Um, you know, that's how I choose. I choose if it just turns me on. Right now I am working on another big nonfiction story, which is so secret. I also just sold a, a thriller the 20th Century Fox, which is going to be like the Da Vinci Code meets uh, Indiana Jones, and Brett Ratner, the director, is uh, producing it, and hopefully it will direct it. So I'm working on that as well. But um, yeah, it's just I just wait. You know, I sit at home and I wait for people to email me, and that's essentially how this happened. I got this great story for you about a guy who does a talk show on poker, and uh, he talks to all these. No, I'm just kidding. But I'll tell you, Ben, this was a wonderful book. I hope it becomes a bestseller like your last one. It's called Straight Flush. And, uh, hey, it could be a great movie. It could be a great sitcom. And uh, we could all say we knew you when. So uh, thank you very much. Thank you, Ben. Glad to have you on. We hope you can get you again when you have your next project coming out. Absolutely. We'd love to. Listeners, that was Ben Mesrick, the author of, among other things, Straight Flush, which is the story of the rise and fall of the guys that made absolute poker. Uh, stick around. We'll be back after a quick break. Have you ever wanted something so bad that you do just about anything for it? Well, that's exactly how we feel about you. That's right. AdamandEve.com wants you so bad. We're giving you 10 free gifts with your first order. You heard me right. That's 10 free gifts to spice up your love life. First, you'll get a sexy surprise for her. Second, an adventurous toy for him. And third, a little something we know you'll both enjoy. Plus, you'll get six full-length adult movies on DVD. And number 10, free shipping on your entire order. That's 10 free gifts for you shy types who've never tried Adam and Eve before. Just go to adamandeve.com and select any one item. It could be an adventurous new toy, a sexy piece of lingerie, or anything you desire. Just enter offer code BABE16 at checkout and you'll get all 10 free gifts, including free shipping. That's offer code BABE16. That's B-A-B-E-16 at adamandeve.com. Make your game night the envy of all your friends and family. Play on a one-of-a-kind table. Play on a pro-caliber poker table. Pro-caliber tables are made with high-quality gaming suede and suited speed cloths. And with their Table Builder app, customers can create a table to accommodate any game. Select one of the in-stock designs from their site or imprint your own. And now you can get a free 600-count coin inlay chipset when you purchase a pro-caliber poker table. Here's how. Use offer code HOCRADIO when you check out at ProCaliberPoker.com or when ordering by phone at 240-25-POKER. That's 240-257-6537. Remember, to get your free gift when ordering your poker table, use offer code HOCRADIO. That's H-O-C-R-A-D-I-O. Order by phone at 240-257-6537 or online at ProCaliberPoker.com. ProCaliber Poker Tables. Stop playing around and get that table you've been looking for. Hi, listeners. This is Ashley Adams. I just wanted to let you know about a newspaper in the New England area. If you're looking for poker tournaments or the latest promotions at Foxwoods, Mohegan Sun, Twin River, or if you want to find out what's happening in Las Vegas, Atlantic City, or other casinos around the country, then I recommend you check out New England Gaming News for all the latest news, events, and hot casino action from around the region. You can do that in one of two ways. You can either pick up their free copies at gambling venues throughout New England, or you can visit them at 
the N-E-G-N, T-H-E-N-E-G-N.com, and sign up for exclusive specials and promotions. That's www.thenegn.com. The New England Gaming News, New England's only resource for complete casino and poker news. Hey, this is Dave from House of Cards, and I just wanted to take a minute to tell you about Jersey Man Magazine. Whether you're born and bred in Jersey like me, or even from Jersey but live somewhere else, Jersey Man is the perfect magazine for you. Health issues, state business news, sports, food, you name it, Jersey Man talks about it in a fun and informative way. They even host their own networking events where you can meet and greet other community members and professionals. With contributors like Bill Lyon, Stan Hockman, and George Anastasia with his own mob scene column, Jersey Man covers our region like no one else. Check out their website, jerseymanmagazine.com, for more information and some really cool Jersey Man merchandise. Jersey Man's available at most major newsstands, and you can even subscribe online. That's jerseymanmagazine.com. Jersey Man Magazine. Hey, if you're from Jersey, it's the only magazine you'll ever need. Need to sell your house fast? We're Homevestors, the We Buy Ugly Houses people. You've seen our big yellow billboards with our caveman Ugg. But did you know that Homevestors is America's number one home buyer? At Homevestors, we can buy your house as is, pay you cash, and usually pay most of the closing costs. And we close fast. Call today for your no-obligation consultation and get out of that ugly real estate situation. If your house needs repairs, you're ready to downsize, tired of renters and those rental property repairs, retiring, experiencing a job transfer, inherited a property, or just need to sell your house fast, do what thousands of satisfied Homevestor customers have done. Call Homevestors today for a no-obligation consultation at 866-I-WANT-UG. 866-I-WANT-UG. We'll close fast and pay cash. So what are you waiting for? Call Homevestors today. 866-I-WANT-UG. 866-I-WANT-UG. Hey, this is Dave Weishon all from House of Cards with your House of Cards gaming report for the week of August 24th, 2015. Philadelphia's second casino project has hit a bit of a snag. An official from the City Planning Commission says the casino plan does not meet zoning requirements because there is not enough open space. The proposed digital signs also exceed legal limits. That means the $500 million Live Hotel and Casino Philadelphia project will have to undergo significant changes before moving forward. Live Philadelphia is owned by the Cornish Corporation, which also owns and operates Maryland Live Casino. One of Las Vegas's oldest casinos has closed its doors. The Las Vegas Club, which opened in 1930 and was the first casino to have neon signs, welcomed gamblers for the last time on August 20th. The casino's 410-room hotel had been closed for two years, and the new owners have not disclosed their plans for the site. And finally, if you think you ever had a bad night at the tables, just listen to this. A man at Australia's Sky City Darwin Casino was reaching into his wallet to grab money to place a bet, but he inadvertently pulled out a small bag of cocaine which fell onto the table. Security quickly brought him into a private room where he was arrested. He pled guilty and received a fine of $300. That was one expensive bet. Have any news or tips regarding casinos, gaming, or legislation? Send us an email at newsroom at houseofcardsradio.com and follow us on Twitter at HOC Radio. Hey, this is Dave from House of Cards. The weather is getting nicer, so grab your tablet or your cell phone and bring nj.partypoker.com with you. Why would you want to go to Atlantic City or Pennsylvania, pay for gas, pay for parking, fight the crowds, when you can play the same games at home or wherever you are? If you're 21 and in New Jersey, go to nj.partypoker.com and sign up using the promo code HOC. Start playing and start winning some cash. It's that easy. Go to nj.partypoker.com and sign up today with promo code HOC. You're listening to the House of Cards. Hit me, you five card stud. <laughs> Cocktail! Hi, listeners. You're listening to House of Cards. This is Ashley Adams, and as promised, 
we have one of the best-known images and names in the poker world joining us now. His name is Phil Lack. He is known or used to be known as the Unabomber. He is a professional poker player who has just uh, been making a movie, Runner, Runner, which we'll talk a little bit about. But without any further ado, here he is. Phil, are you there? I'm here. Hey, how are you doing, Ashley? Good to be on the show. Thanks well, for having me. I'm really glad. We're, we're really proud to have you on, Phil. Uh, for those listeners, the two or three out there who don't know your story, could you just give a thumbnail sketch of how you came to be one of the uh, best-known professional poker players? Well, one of the great things about poker is it's a um, uh, meteor, uh, what's it called, when uh, a rise to the top is from accolade. It's an accolade-driven profession. If you know what you're doing, you'll just rise to the top. You don't need to have a college degree or uh, you don't you don't need anything except heart, determination, patience to learn the game. And anyone can be a winner at poker. It's an incredible opportunity that's available to anybody. It's really, But you do have to, like, be good at games and, and be loving the whole thing. So, yeah, that's how it happened. I just loved games, and I felt, found, about, found out about poker, and then I started winning things. That happens to anyone who loves games and is clever enough to figure out the ins and outs, you know? Well, now, slow down one second, Phil. Lots of people love poker, and very, very few rise as far as you have risen. What did you do, and when did you get a clue that, hey, you know, I might be able to do this for a living? Uh, well, I certainly, my guidance counselor in, uh, high school didn't, <laughs> no one told me that games were available. I went off and got a degree in engineering and what have you. I did some work in finance and, and, uh, engineering and whatever before I actually discovered gambling quite by accident. And it was probably good that I didn't discover it till a little bit later in the game. If I discovered it as a profession, maybe I would have skipped out on everything, you know, education-wise especially, you know. How did you uh, discover it? What were you doing, I and did, how did you f- stumble into poker? Um, I, I stumbled into poker because uh, I've always just been around games and visited games, clubs, etc., and uh, I remember I was shooting pool once in New York, and it was in a poker room, and I just noticed the poker room nearby, and I'd never played poker, but I'd played other games, you know, backgammon and chess and pool and whatever and I was just attracted to it kind of casually and one thing led to another I played it one one night and that was it I just needed about half an hour to fall in love it was it's a really fun game it's really fun if you <laughs> ever accidentally end up playing it you're going to be hooked you know were you at the Mayfair club or was it some other place yes that was the, the first place I ever saw poker was at the Mayfair club but my first hand of poker played wasn't there uh, I actually didn't have the money to play at the Mayfair. That was a big stakes, you know, back way back. I was playing uh, uh, the Diamond Club, a place John. Oh Hamlet yeah, in the twenties. That, that was in the uh, e- e- the West Twenties down in yes, Manhattan, right? Twenty fifth West Twenty Third or something like that. I forget. That was down in nineteen ninety nine, two thousand, something like that. That was for. And then right after I learned about poker, I went off to um, California, and then. Through a very random domino succession of things, I met some interesting people. One person I met was Brian Koppelman. Brian became a buddy of mine, and when he was telling me that he was making not Rounders 2, but a different movie that had poker in it called Runner Runner, I was like, Brian, oh, wow. And uh, one thing led to another, and he, he, we had, I ended up going down and participating in the building of that movie. It was a lot of fun. The experience was great, and it doesn't bother me at all that my scene was left on the editing floor. Uh, <laughs> it, it was going to be a small part anyways. It was just like Antonio and me and some people playing poker uh, at a poker table in the – well, where else would you play poker? But like outside at this like nighttime party where some covert operations were happening between Justin and Ben Affleck in the espionage thriller that is – you know, I haven't seen the movie yet. It's coming out soon, but – uh, that was a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun making that uh, production, and I it, and people, and it was you know I don't know what's what else can we talk about? Well, let me ask you this: Where do you play your poker these days? Are you just following okay. a tour around, or do you play in a local I play, casino? I, I'm a blend player. I play I would say twenty five percent home games that are just cash games, whatever, and I probably play like thirty five percent tournaments and then maybe thirty five percent casino cash games. So I kinda roam around. Do you like huge fields or do you prefer you having a smaller so field? Oh my god, give me the most ginormous fields because I 
the bigger the field, the more opportunities you're going to have. If you can get to day four and five, you know, I like to play my dream thing. He said, Phil, what, what's your dream poker? What's thing? your said, dream oh, poker thing, Phil? I'll tell you, it would be like a two mile drive to a home game playing high, high stakes poker with some sharpies, some sharks, and then a couple of astro fishes where all I can do is win <laughs> God unfold stacks of chips and whatever. It would just be like crazy. So, how do you get to recreate that? Well, it's hard because, you know, those games aren't every day. Well, it, it sounds the way you've told the story, and we've heard it in bits and pieces here, is that you just kind of fell in love with poker and you had a lot of natural energy and excitement about it. And you played poker and you won and you've been winning ever since. And it's been fun and great and high energy and terrific. And everybody can do it. And what I'm wondering is, do you ever study the game? Do you actually do okay, any okay. or is it all just natural I'll, talent? I will preface, I'll answer that simply, yes. I'm a, a, the guy that in the shower will have a nirvana moment and realize how I could have played a hand a little bit better. Or I'm constantly thinking at the table. I'm not really thinking that much about poker away from the table. It happens from time to time. But when I'm at the table, my main is, even if I'm not in a hand, I'm racing through the uh, the betting patterns of other players to see if they match up with good play, imperfect play, how I can exploit them in a non-weighted game environment that will, you know, appear in the next hand. And I've always been, I love learning. When there's something, nothing going on, you can make something go on in your head by just learning. And by the way, don't get me wrong, I was always the kid, I was always a little bit of a nerd, you know. I was the kid when the Rubik's Cube came out. I was a punk-ass little kid. I found the cube. I knew there were like I was already enough of a nerd that I knew that there was little, uh, what do you call it, those solution puzzle things when the answer books for the yes, solutions. Yes. But I, was, I didn't want to go and cheat. I wanted to see how deep I could go on my own. And, uh, you know, to prove that I am not uh, the next Sean Nash, I could only get the first two levels. The third level I could not get as an eight-year-old on the Ruid Cube. I had to go. I eventually went to uh, and broke down. I went to the library, got the little solution book, went, oh, wow, there's three different solutions. Oh, I see. And, you know, my brain was stretching, but I wasn't good enough to get all three levels. But uh, When you yeah, were eight, you weren't good enough. Yes, I know. <laughs> <laughs> and, by the way, the funny thing is that whole Rubik's Cube thing, I remember pick, and so I knew by the time I was ten years old I could do a Rubik's cube. I could do it in under a minute. As an adult, I picked up a Rubik's cube and I started fumbling with it and realized, oh my god, I was worse and less nimble as a thinker and was than I was as a ten-year-old. I didn't. I think that if I, if you gave me a Rubik's cube, I'm pretty sure it would take me about two to three times as long as it took me when I was nine to solve it again. Because I don't remember. I'd have to reteach myself the whole thing. So. Uh, but I'm okay with that because I would still be doing, I'd still be working towards improvement, you know. So that's the answer, I guess. Okay, that's good. That's a good answer. I got, I got a follow-up question for you. Let's say you're in a room of twenty-somethings who are all wannabe professional poker players, and they're looking to you as the oracle of poker wisdom to give them advice about how to pursue their career. Do you give them any instruction about how to study? What do you tell them? Yeah, actually, first of all, I want to uh, say that. You are, a, I've, for the listeners out there, I've only met Ashley now for these first, uh, I don't know, perhaps 20 minutes or something. You have a good soul. I can feel you have good energy, and you remind me of my Uncle Tom, a man that I uh, have always loved and will always love. His, his style of communication is similar, and I know exactly what you're reaching for. And so I'm going to give you both that compliment and the answer you're looking for. And the answer is this. Yes. Um, there are things I would say. The first one I would say is, you know that billboard that you see in Times Square once in a while and it, or something? You see it somewhere, and it says, be happy with nothing, comma, and then and it doesn't say, and then. It just says, and be happy with everything. But it's implying, and then be happy with everything. Because once you achieve happiness with just nothing, which is, you know, the Buddhist Zen try to arrive. Now, why do I shoot into this little philosophical excerpt with poker? Because poker is something like 85% philosophy. Then it's 15% game theory and uh, non-weighted gaming theory and, and uh, you know, co- co- um, competition in cooperative environments, et cetera. It's like everything stems off. Without having the Buddhist kung fu, David Carradine catches the ass <laughs> from behind kind of mentality, without having this, I can walk the rice paper and leave no footprint kind of spiritual uh, paradigm. You're almost drawn dead in poker because it will, 
it will vet out all the humanness in you and chop it up on a butcher block and leave just remnants of you because it's a, it's a, it's very, um, it's like nature. It's like trying to surf nature. And sometimes the wave will just, just push you down and drown you for five minutes. And if you're not tough, uh, spiritually, it will engulf uh, you. I don't know. I like that. No, I like that. Uh, just for those who just tuned in and couldn't figure it out for themselves, we're talking to Phil Lack. And I like what you just said. Be happy with nothing. Be happy with everything. And I think that is the key in many ways to embracing poker because yeah, and by the way, you've got to be able to accept you, it. Yep. Yeah, and I'll, it reminds me, like, when I remember when I was learning billiards. Now, I had grown up with the pool cue a little bit here and there, but nothing like extraordinary. Maybe I was, when I was 20, I could get two balls in a row and I felt like powerful, you know, whereas I was playing pool with sometimes friends that could get five in a row. In, and one day I was out with Mikey and he could get five, seven in a row and no problem. And I asked for his advice in a shot between two choices. And he said, Phil, the point of this game is not to make the next shot. The point is to approach it with enthusiasm of trying to puzzle it out and do your best with the moment. The outcome is completely irrelevant. It's the pursuit of that moment and trying to optimize it that all that matters. And you're on your own journey for that. It's like snowboarding the backside of a mountain. And uh, that very much applies in poker. If you're just happy with whatever level you're at, you're, it's very, you know, it's like golf or some other kind of professions that, that you just keep getting better at your whole life. Uh, it's about enjoying the journey kind of, you know. Well, Phil, you've made me and I think our listeners enjoy this journey. You're very kind. Thank you for having me, and, I, uh, and it was great meeting you, actually. Hope to meet you in, day, in person one day. Me too. That's right, Phil here. Lack, uh, wonderful, wonderful guest, maybe the best interview we've done here for a long time. Fascinating. You're too kind. You're too kind. Thank you. <laughs> take care, Phil. All right. See you, buddy. Bye. All right. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be right back. Attention poker players! Do you like using your tablet or phone at the poker table but hate running out of battery at the end of a long tournament day or cash game? Then you need the Grinder Gadget. The Grinder Gadget is a portable, compact charging station and stand designed by poker players for poker players. It gently grips the rail and allows you to prop up and charge your phone and tablet without touching the felt. The Grinder Gadget not only works really well on a poker rail, but just about anywhere an airplane tray, a desk, anywhere. No more setting up your tablet on some wobbly table or leaving it on the floor. Its battery is powerful enough to charge most tablets and phones and still have plenty of juice left over for your headphones or any other device you have. You can even purchase a backup battery for those extra long sessions or trips. So if you like to grind while you grind, the Grinder Gadget is exactly what you've been waiting for. Check out www.grindergadget.com for more information. Get grinding and stay grinding with the Grinder Gadget. Make your game night the envy of all your friends and family. Play on a one-of-a-kind table. Play on a pro-caliber poker table. Pro-caliber tables are made with the highest quality gaming suede on the market. And with their Table Builder app, customers can create a table to accommodate any game. Select one of the in-stock designs from their site or imprint your own. And now, you can get a free 600-count coin inlay chipset when you purchase a pro-caliber poker table. Here's how. Use offer code H-O-C-R-A-D-I-O, that's H-O-C-R-A-D-I-O, when you check out at ProCaliber.com or when ordering by phone at 24025-POKER, 24025-POKER. That's 240-257-6537. ProCaliber Poker Tables. Stop playing around and get that table you've been looking for. Each year, poker players from around the world compete at the World Series of Poker to claim the title of being the best there is. And now you can bring the big game home with WSOP.com. 
Experience the thrill and excitement of the World Series of Poker on your computer, tablet, or mobile device. Play against the pros or find yourself pursuing poker's ultimate prize, the coveted WSOP.com bracelet. You can access WSOP.com anywhere in New Jersey. And now, not only can you get up to a $400 deposit bonus, WSOP.com will give you seven free tickets to play in their Welcome Week free roll tournaments. Play as many days as you want during your first week online for your chance to win some real cash. So sign up today and take advantage of the first deposit bonus and those Welcome Week free rolls. There's even a whole schedule of events where you can qualify for this year's World Series of Poker. Head on over to WSOP.com backslash HOC to sign up and make your first deposit today. That's WSOP.com backslash HOC. This is House of Cards Radio with Ashley Adams. Everybody is to leave here immediately. This cafe is closed until further notice. Clear the room at once. How can he close me up? On what ground? I'm shocked, shocked to find that gambling is going on in here. You're winning, sir. Oh, thank you very much. Everybody out at once. Welcome back, listeners. This is House of Cards. I'm Ashley Adams, and I'm joined in studio by one of my producers, Dave Weishattle, the more handsome of the Weishattle brothers, I think. Well, I think so, too. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Uh, This is Mailbag, so what do we have, Dave? Well, first, uh, I want to say, you know, we always love hearing from our listeners, and, you know, we have a hotline, our website. You can get in touch with us by Twitter and Facebook. The one thing you can't do is is call the station because we're not there at a particular radio station. But you can call us at 609-474-4627. What's that number again? That's 609-474-4627. One more time. 609-474-4627. Okay, that's good. Actually, when Doug came first up with it, it, it actually 609-474-HOCR for House of Cards Radio. But it, you know. I always uh, give the number, so I don't know. Okay, good. But uh, the guys who actually fielded the phone calls at the we- at the um, stations actually passed on what so- some of the people were asking about. They passed on? Uh, they passed I'm on. I'm sorry. <laughs> <Yeah, that. right. laughs> but uh, um, what were they talking about? Well, the big question was, you know, it's World Series of Poker time. You know, you're going out to Vegas, and I guess everyone wants an edge. Everyone wants to do well in poker tournaments that – and a lot of people are wondering, how do you start preparing for the World Series of Poker and its events? Well, you, I, you know, I've written about this. I've talked about this. The truth is, it comes up every year. 99, <laughs> 99% of preparing is just getting your poker game better in general so that you're playing at your best in general. Mm-hmm. There are some specific things that I've recommended. First of all, it's very easy when you go to Las Vegas, if you know, you realize some people live there, but I'm talking about all the people who don't, to not have enough rest going into these events. These events are long. They're not as grueling as they used to be. They mm-hmm. scheduled them in a way that allows you a decent amount of time in between sessions for a three-day event or for the main event many more days. But I always recommend don't you know, just party and take advantage of the factory <laughs> in Las Vegas because you're going to be whipped. Mm-hmm. You need the stamina. Uh, which is one of the reasons I think why so many of the people that finish at the final table are so young is because they have stamina, and a lot of us old guys don't. So I suggest getting good rest. Um, This is going to sound corny, but diet, high salt, high alcohol, high fat foods, which is what you tend to have when you go out there, you drink, you have a lot of fast food, doesn't help you improve your stamina and your strength. And so I can re- recommend a good, decent diet. Um, hydration, very important in Las Vegas. Those of us from the rest of the world aren't used to the incredibly dry, hot climate. And though, even though we think, well, I'm not passing out, the dehydration takes it effect, its effect. It wears on you. It hurts your ability to concentrate. It makes you sick, etc. So pump the fluids. Eat decent food. I'm sounding like my grandmother. Know, right? uh, make sure you have aspirin. And then, well, are you are you allowed to bring food yeah, or snacks? I always and, do. And like I always Gatorade bring to the table. Yeah, or something I always like that? bring a. I usually have a shoulder bag of some kind. Okay. 
and I carry in it. I mean, this again, this is going to sound silly, but I carry easy to eat snacks, mm-hmm. so I don't have to worry about getting a meal during the play. Sometimes I get one anyway, but I always have unsalted peanuts. I have bananas. I usually have an apple, other fruit, dried fruit. Uh, sometimes I'll have a couple of energy bars, um, and I avoid salty things like uh, snacks, like uh, potato chips, popcorn, all mm-hmm. that stuff. Um, but healthy snacks I find very useful. I also bring... Does it have to be healthy? Because uh, I even heard of marathoners bringing around jelly beans, eating them with pumps of sugar up, and that, that's what I hear, so I don't know. Is there I some weird kind I, of food that you that have? you can do that. I don't do that. I bring... Uh, you know, some kind of energy bars, cheap yeah. ones, though, because I'm cheap. Like, so Quaker Oatmeal makes some kind of energy bars, that I'll, like granola bars. Mm-hmm. A raisins, peanuts, unsalted, uh, sometimes dried bananas, but some fresh fruit. And then I'll also bring a bottle of analgesics like aspirin or Tylenol and mm-hmm. Advil uh, and a lot of bottled water. Now, they give out bottled water, but I don't want to have to wait. I don't want to have to tip. You know, if I drink in... <laughs> 20 bottles of water over the course of a tournament, that's 20 bucks. Yeah. So I'll bring my own for, you know, 29 cents a bottle. That's a lot of bathroom breaks, too. I don't know if you can get up. At, that's you know. true. You can always get up and go to the bathroom. They'll blind you off. Okay. Um, and there are breaks uh, that people generally rush to the bathroom. But that's what I do. And, and as far as mental preparation, I don't know. You get good rest. You get good diet. I, oh, I exercise. I always make sure to walk, you know, a few miles in the morning early morning before it's hot so that my body is at least not completely inert. All right, listeners, that will do it for the mailbag segment, but uh, come back next week. We'll be back. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.